0: It is June the 14th on The Constant Investor, and I'm Buffy Gorilla, and I am speaking with The Constant Investor's number one subscriber, David Moore. How does it feel to be the first person that subscribed to The Constant Investor, David?
1: It was just an accident. I just happened to get in there first when I saw it come into existence.
0: Have you enjoyed it since? So it's been almost one I've, year. I've,
1: I've, I've had an excellent period since, yes. It, is, it has worked out very well for me. I, I enjoy the podcast on the Saturday mornings because that um, that allows me to do something while doing my um, my daily exercises. I can just sit and listen to Alan tell me what I've got wrong for the week.
0: <laughs> and, David, what do you do in your life or work well
1: I'm retired now oh. I used to I used to work in um, information technology and health so I've, I've got expertise in those two areas
0: and how long were you working before you retired
1: oh I was working for 30 or 40 years I I was a specialist in intensive care medicine and I was a an information technology consultant in the health sector and um, then I consulted for myself, and I retired for now about oh, six or seven years ago.
0: What do you do to fill your time?
1: Um, well, I still write a blog, which keeps me pretty busy, and I have to have to keep a close eye on most of my investments because they're a, a very very flaky little collection of ideas.
0: When did you get your investments start?
1: Uh, I started uh, basically with the onset of the internet and ComSec when you could um, actually buy shares online. That was the, that was the stimulus because before then I'd, I had superannuation and stuff but I noticed the superannuation didn't look like it was anywhere going to near be enough to keep me in the style to which I aspired. So I, I thought, well, maybe the share market could give me a bit of a hand. So I, I started, I guess, about 2000.
0: What was your first investment back in 2000? Well, it was
1: um, it was a couple of little health IT companies, a company called um, Health Communications Network, which wound up getting taken over by primary networks, and um, a couple of other little things like that. One of which is, um, has done quite well since, a little company called Prometicus, which I Bought for about twenty cents and sold for a dollar, which I think is now at about six or seven dollars so that was as they say, one of the ones that got away
0: and Have you thought about getting back into promedica? do you think it will go up any higher
1: i I think it may, but it's um it's it's one of the ones that i I tend to sort of um be rather um nervous about paying a lot for technology companies um they, they sort of, their valuations can often feel a little bit detached from their prospects. And uh, I think ProMedicus is uh, is one of those. It's only a tiny company to have a, a 5 or $6 oh. share price seems a bit unreasonable. So I'm, I'm not comfortable.
0: Do you stay primarily within the IT and medical sector? I've got a very
1: unbalanced portfolio compared with the index. Um, I guess 20, 25% of my investments would be in the health sector. Then I've got sort of some of the the banks, both the regionals and the the main ones. Then I've got, um, I used to have Woolies and West Farmers. I now only have West Farmers. And I used to have um, other sort of, um, other slightly diverse things, but... um, over the years, I've been in and out of things like sort of um, JB Hi-Fi and the retailers because they all seemed to cause trouble. And then we had, um, you know, I did used to have computer share for a long while, but that started to, they all seemed to become stuck. So I've sort of really moved to a, a, a view um that, you know, much like sort of Buffett's comment about sort of um, being prepared to pay for a reasonable amount for a really good company. I don't worry too much about deep value because I find that many deep value investors tend, tend to buy things that are very, very dangerous and have a proneness to go broke, just like um, Channel 10 has today. So i I'd, I'd, ra- I'd rather buy a business that I know is going to be around, that's financially reasonably stable, um, and that I can see sort of um, an opportunity for growth over over a reasonable time. The ones that have the ones that have done the most fantastic effort for me and transformed my investing have been um, have been Ramsey Healthcare and CSL. Um, both those I'm up probably three or four hundred percent on
0: do you still have csl because i know a lot of our other curious investors mentioned that that was one of the stocks that they hold as well
1: yes i still i still have it i i I bought in and uh, i watched the share price for about three years and it went nowhere and i sold a little bit but i thought listen i'm going to hang on to a good deal of this and the, the moment of course that i sold the sort of about the the 7th of the shares, the other 6th I kept that's when it took off and it went from about $30 to, <laughs> to the present 140 as it is today so that was a, that was a good save um, and Ramsey I, I I think I bought those at um oh of the order of um 5 or 6 dollars and uh, I've taken profits on them twice um, so so that um in fact the shares owe me not a cent and I've still got the a very substantial number of them i 'cause I've I've moved um, moved out of sort of you know, probably got rid of the order of two thirds of my holding but I've still got a very large holding comparative to my I do I do try to follow the rules of not having too much more than about five percent in any stock. And um, these days, I use ETFs uh, much. I probably got my my personal portfolios are now probably about half to sixty percent ETFs, forty percent direct shares.
0: And are those performing well for you?
1: They're they're doing fantastically for me. They've been absolutely, um, because the the superannuation fund. I'm I am wanting sort of enough yield to sort of. Um, uh, I run two portfolios. One, one of which is the superannuation fund, and the other one is is a bit more growth focused. And the superannuation portfolio is where most of the exchange traded funds are, and they are um, they're the high yield ones, plus the broad market ones, plus um, some international ones. And that's that's managed to keep giving me the return of five to six percent in dividends while. Um, They've also grown quite nicely, so you know, I've, I've, you know, the value of the portfolio has gone up twenty or thirty percent, and while at the same time I've had the, sort of um, a good dividend yield, so they've worked out very well.
0: David, it sounds like you know what you're doing. Do people come to you for advice? Uh yes, I,
1: I, I do have, um, I do have a couple of colleagues, who sort of, um, who occasionally call me to discuss options and i mean issue there are the, the big issue to me is the sort of um is the trying to avoid the landmines and i've i've not been all that successful at that i've got two two landmines in my portfolios at present um what are they health scope which um is not not likely to go broke but which the um it probably owes me 30% on what I bought it for and um and I'm afraid I I have the misfortune to be a, a shareholder in Vocus which um has <laughs> lost me a good deal more than that.
0: Uh, well we're but, trying to get that Vocus on the phone so we can get some answers for you so sit tight.
1: Yeah, well Vocus Vo- 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 is actually doing better. Um, share price is up to about 370. Well when it was down at two dollars, it was um, there was a temptation to just say I'll blow this and sell. But I, I thought, look, listen, I've ridden this out so far, and the guys look like they're trying. So, um, on the basis that they were still financially reasonably sound, they they didn't look like they were going to go broke. It looked like they might just um, get take, you know, maybe turn out to be a takeover target, which joyfully happened, which got their share price up a dollar or two. Um so that's that's meant that 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 terrible only being worth two dollars has got to now three seventy, which is a, a much more comfortable <laughs> situation.
0: Well hopefully it will keep going up. So you mentioned you're a bit of a buffetologist, a fan of Warren Buffett. What about his strategy appeals to you and what have you implemented? What appeals to
1: me is his view that you should try to understand what a company's worth, not not to the last cent because all the formulaic machine-based versions that try to value things are are going to give you false confidence that you know what it's worth, I believe, in just getting a a reasonable feel for sort of what a company's worth, um, making sure you don't overpay, making sure that you're confident the business is going to be around um, and continue to... um, continue to pay dividends or continue to grow, whichever you're aiming for. Um, I'm not, in my growth portfolios, I'm not worried too much about dividends at all. I'm much more worried that the company's well-managed and has a, an understandable growth path, whereas in, obviously in a superannuation fund, when you, you're you obliged to pay yourself a pension, it's more important to make sure that you get some dividends. Um, and I think that his his approach of, of being prepared to hold for a very long time and is, um, is is the right way. That's certainly the way I've found over time. I've um, continued to see the sort of, to see really good growth, you know, the 10 to 15% per annum in the capital value each year is, over most years has been, um, meaning that I've doubled my money every five or six years. And I really can't hope for much more than that. Since I've been going now 15 years, I've got sort of probably four times what I started with, and that's 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 good enough while I'm paying myself a pension.
0: So it sounds like you are able to live in that lifestyle to which you have grown accustomed.
1: Well, to which I'd like to still become accustomed, but the, the, these days the sort of things are things are a good deal quieter, and I just um, I just puddle around trying to. Keep an eye on my my wife's investments as well because she has a small share portfolio. She's um, she's more focused on property. She has more property investments than I do. I don't own any property.
0: Do you sit around and have some good discussions? Oh, I mean,
1: we, we own that. We own the house we live in, but we you know she she owns a number of other properties, whereas I tended tended to have <laughs> focused on the share market rather than property. I did I did have some um, real estate investment trusts for a while, but they started to, um, as the bond rates were threatening to rise, they started to go off, so I sort of disposed of those. The only other thing I've done that is, um I think is, is probably sensible from a self-managed super fund point of view is I have got a couple of managed funds um, that are exchange listed, and that... Um, that, that, that means that I can keep my entire portfolio online, but it, I do have some active management. I've got some passive management. I've got some um, so-called smart beta in terms of the high dividend funds, and I've got some, um, some ordinary sort of totally passive um, broad market investments. So there's a reasonable mix.
0: And how much time do you spend managing your portfolio Oh well, I'm sort of
1: I sit here, sort of writing and doing those sorts of things, and I've got a screen beside me which sort of has the um, has the ASX and those sorts of parameters up on it, and I've got and I can listen to um, I can listen to Sky News Business via my little um, um, I've got a little iPad-like device, and that uh, that means I can listen to um, the sort of you know what's going on in the market during the day, if I'm choosing to, if I'm not having to concentrate to write and that sort of stuff. So you know, it's just it's just part of my life that sort of I keep an eye on the markets as I'm doing other things.
0: Well, you make investing sound practically idyllic. Well, it is. I'm very comfortable
1: down here, and um, it's uh, it's been on on the whole it's been remarkably good for me. Other than. The, you know, I've had the odd bit of Tom Elliott-type luck in terms of having had things that have been bought for twice the price. I mean, one of the, one of the really great ones was Pacific Dunlop, I can remember. They um, they spun off Rinker, and the share, the share price of the, of the Rinker component <laughs> went from about sort of a dollar to something like 7 or $8. So that was a, that was a nice little trick. And then and then they got taken over so by by someone in Mexico. So you know those you do have if you if you're lucky. And um, I don't think you can make your luck in this in this market. I think you've you've mostly got to be sort of you know just in the right place at the right time. I'm not a great believer in um, in luck sort of being uh, being made by you being smart. I believe luck is genuinely luck. But I've had a. A couple of good ones, like, um, like those sort of ones that have got taken over, so that's
0: helped. Well, long may that continue, David. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. This is Buffy Gorilla on the ConstantInvestor.com, and I've been speaking with Curious Investor and our first subscriber, David Moore.